Welcome back to episode three of the Mind Out Business Podcast, sponsored by Bennett Creative Media. We have a very, very special guest today, uh, Jonathan Starr. Now, we're going to get right into a little bit of an introduction, and I know a little bit about you. The people right. don't know as much as I probably do, but maybe just give us a quick breakdown. What do you do? You know, what is your business, and, and what does that all entail? Right. Yeah. That's a, it's digital marketing, and so everybody knows exactly what that is. Just Everyone kidding. thinks they do. <laughs> Everyone thinks they do. Um, so when we began, I started out just website design and that was fun. And, but the problem with that is you mentioned you're reading, building a story brand and that book tells you better than anything. A website does, you no good. Yeah. Um, you actually need to have some things around it. So what we started doing is actually building out some services around just creating a website and also creating a website with intention. Okay. Um, so we're not just out there building a fancy website. Some customers want that. Just a nice brochure website. Tell about that. We need a website. Yeah. We get that. But Everyone thinks they need a website to start with, eh? You're, and they're you're like, right. we don't know where to take no. it, but we need a website. You know, it would be interesting to see some of this. I mean, I mean, Facebook itself started with Facebook, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> Which but, the social network is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. Okay. Like that is unreal. Yeah. Right. Mark Zuckerberg is unbelievable. Um, but you don't need a website starting out first off. And what we do. We help small businesses build and expand their online presence digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been our focus. We do that by building a website with intention if they need it. That might just be a landing page for some businesses. Yep. Might, it might be a full on website with a bunch of individual landing pages for specific services and stuff like that. So when you talk about landing, I'm going to cut you off a little bit, but yep. landing page wise, we were just talking about this book before we hit record. Yeah. And it really, it really talks about simplifying your marketing message. Have you right. found that landing pages sometimes just work better for clients rather than a full 15 page website? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so there's several things that a landing page does and it depends on what your KPI is to use a big time word or acronym. Um, it depends <laughs> Key on performance indicator for you non-business people out there, right? There Am I yes, right? You're, I right. you're right. I on. think I've heard that like three or four times, <laughs> yeah. but um, so we're getting technical. Yeah. What, what are, what's your goal, which is basically what a KPI is. What's mm-hmm. your goal of that landing page? I've seen businesses set up a landing page simply because there's a search term they want to rank for. Okay. And so that's what that landing page's goal is. And it can be really good at that goal. And you might be like, that's a terrible landing page, but what's the goal of it? Because mm-hmm. there's no way for you to tell me if it's good or bad without knowing the goal. Yeah. So, so landing pages, some companies, we've built them for companies where they just needed an online presence. They needed a place where they could push traffic to if they're running an ad, something along those lines. And landing pages work great for businesses like that. Okay. If you're a hundred employee uh, company, then mm-hmm. probably a landing page is a little bit small for you yeah. at this point. But Might need but, a little bit more. Might need a little bit more. Um, and that comes with your brand. So the goal of that website is completely different than what yeah. the starting And just out getting companies. leads or something like that. Exactly. So- from my knowledge, you started as star web marketing. Then did you do a little bit of a branding transition or talk to me about how yeah. that kind of played yeah, out? It's an epic story. So <laughs> at the time I landed my first client and I basically didn't have anything set up. Okay. This is like going, no website, no nothing, no, nothing, no socials, man. nothing, nothing. I, how did they, why did they decide to go with you? Did you just Buffalo them a little bit? You know, I don't know why they decided to go with me really because I was a noob at everything, but, um, you need those businesses in the beginning that take a yeah. shot on you though. And, and it was a person. There's okay. always that person that yeah. it, it was a realtor okay. and I, 
I think I had referred somebody to her or something like mm-hmm. that. And so what goes around comes around. Yeah. She tried to negotiate with me and my price is already dirt low. I'm like, dude, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Um, Everyone starts out and their prices are like $15. Just get me a meal and I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I go to, I, I, I go, I work at a bank at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I go to set up my account and I set, get it all set up. It was a sole prop. So they didn't need a, legal business name. Yep. So I didn't buy my domain name though. And so I go to buy my domain name because you know, that's 10 bucks and that's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I go to buy my domain name and I researched it was good to go. It wasn't taken, but mm-hmm. two weeks later I go to buy it and it's gone. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, and that, was, what was that domain name? It, it's saving grace that is gone. Okay. It was J star design. J star design. Okay. That's where we were going to start out at. I mean, I don't hate it, but it's, my name still is not great, but it's better than J star design. Oh, well, I like star. It's star marketing now, right? Right now it is star web marketing. Okay. And so instead of going with J star design, I went with star web vision because okay. I put way oh, too yes, much that's thought. What it was. I put way too much thought to my mm-hmm. name because I was like, it's kind of like a spider web. Yep. Except it's a star web because we want to be it, actually a decent thought. We want to connect. Yeah. We want to help people connect. And that's okay. where that came from. Um, and then vision because we wanted to look forward like mm-hmm. the most cheesiest part vision was so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. If it was just star web, that would be, that would have been better. Yeah. But then there was a lot of what would happen as clients would always be like, you'd tell them your business name and they'd be like, Oh, so what do you do? And it's like, mm-hmm. I ain't Google. Nobody's yeah. going to ever just know. <laughs> exactly. So let's go and get this a little more descriptive. And so about two or three years ago, we went to star web marketing and okay. then we did also full on rebrand for that too. So, mm-hmm. cause I, so is it star web marketing still, or is it star marketing or is it kind of both? It's star web marketing. Some people probably know it says star marketing. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it This brings up a really good conversation. Like, what do I need to do to my name to make it more simple? Mm-hmm. It feels simple, but yeah, it's, no, not, I, it's I not like as simple it. as Easton Bennett Creative. Well, and I, that's where I've always liked. I, I battled back and forth mm-hmm. on whether I wanted my name in the business name. Yep. You know what I mean? So right. Bennett Creative Media. And I was exactly. like, do I want it? Because I said it wrong. No, that's okay. And then it's like, well, if I sell it down the road one day. Right. Do you want to sell with your name in it? And that's what. That's, that's a really good question Yeah, because that's what it came down to me. My name is star. Like somebody could just take one R off Mm -hmm. and it's nameless. Exactly. A lot of people tell me my name's cool. I don't think so. So I don't know. (laughs) Well, I like the star with two R's. It kind of differentiates you from what's in the sky. Yeah, for sure. And it's easier to get domain names. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so let's throw it back to kind of when you started Mm -hmm. Circo, whatever year it was, how did you 14? 2014 is that when it was? So what was the process? Were you always interested in web design? Did you always know you were business minded? What, yeah. What kind of jump started you into the into the industry? I'd always been a little entrepreneur, but okay. That's a pet peeve of mine. People mm-hmm. go and use the word entrepreneur, and I feel like they abuse it. Yeah. All right. So I wasn't really an entrepreneur, but I was always selling something to make money. No, that's that's something that, I was. I'd say that counts. So so that was me, and um. So what happened was really curiosity. I had enjoyed the internet. Everybody did, but I mm-hmm. had more curiosity than just Googling stuff or whatever it was at that time. Um, and I, I had been getting some creative juices flowing, things like that. And I came across the Adobe Creative Cloud. I bought a Mac, came across the Adobe Creative like, Cloud. Oh. Yeah, this is way cool, yeah. right? So Photoshop, the whole works. Um, first off, I'm homeschooled for my high school. So it, all you people that took create, uh, Adobe Photoshop in high school, yep. I didn't do that. I didn't have that opportunity per se. So 
You were learning on the fly. I was a lot, a lot. But you got to do that. Got to do that. So my first website, um, I used Adobe Muse, which is now a deprecated program. And um, first off, it goes to show you how you do it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What what was unique about that website is it had to tie into IDX services, which is for real estate agents. So they can actually tie into all the MLS listings that are in a town. Okay. And it's simple yet complicated, but that's... Yeah, it sounds, unique, a little, sounds a little complicated on the base level, but <laughs> yeah, it, that was a unique selling point on that project and why it was actually worth something rather than just a okay. GoDaddy website builder website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to integrate that with the Adobe Muse. It, it felt heroic at the time. And that was our first, first website. So that's kind of how, how it came about. It was just playing around tinkering. Okay. Honestly, for the website design, I found templates and I use a template there you because go. that wasn't the point was not the website design. I just need to look nice mm-hmm. and then integrate with the IDX. So did you learn as far as learning goes, was it kind of like a YouTube university type thing where oh, you yeah. were tutorialing, yeah. doing tutorials, all Full that graduate stuff? from yeah. YouTube university. Um, I also and, have my degree from there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good place. Um, when you get a uh, million subscribers, you can put your degree yeah. on the wall. They, they make you wait a while. Exactly. But, a big play button. Yeah. So when you were first starting, you know, learning all of these techniques and these skills and going through YouTube University, right? did you have the, because I remember when I was doing it, I had the creative juices where like 10 hours a day, I'd be watching videos because I was so amped to learn all this stuff. Were you the same way or were you kind yeah. of trying to figure it out on your own or how did that work for so you? So at that time I worked full time at the bank. I was mm-hmm. in the loan department, Okay, um, which was not as exciting as what making websites. Yep. Um, and... I think so you, you are more creative than I am and you're in more creative stuff than I am. Um, and so for me, it was more of a tech, the technical side is what mm-hmm. was more fun to me. Um, and so that, yes, I probably sneaked a few Google searches during work yep. um, and things like that and spent a lot of time after work uh, researching and stuff like that okay. to, to work on projects. It was mostly project oriented. I went and I did some stuff that's standard stuff where you've done it too, where you just go and you build something to build something, mm-hmm. trying to duplicate something, test skills, things like that to so, build out that. So were base. you, so you were more interested in the actual like technical side of building a website and the coding and all the injections and all that stuff right. based on or versus like the actual design of it. Yeah. That interested Honestly, you a little bit more. If, if we were to be like transparent here, some days I hate Photoshop. Yep. Many days I hate Photoshop actually. And um, yeah, we get by. Um, yeah, I was more interested in the integration. I wanted to build things, mm-hmm. build products. And which is weird because I'm more creative than I am technical. But but I think that the mix there, yep. you can create some cool stuff there because it's not necessarily that I know every single detail. That's one thing that's powerful about the internet. You don't have to know all the way to dig down because obviously there's YouTube and there's a lot of people that will help out if yeah. you just get in contact with them. That's what's really nice. Yeah, you don't even know because... I assume before Google and that was even a thing, you had to read textbooks, textbooks. Oh, yeah. You had to know everything. Right. And now it's like, if I don't know something, I know in four minutes because I just Google search it. Quick. Right. So about that. So there's a story I heard. I knew a guy that worked at SRT. Well, okay. one day the their like systems went out. So the Internet's down for them. So then they all pull out their phones and they're like, OK, well, well, Google had to fix this uh-huh. because it was one of those problems, I guess. And then they realized, oh yeah, all of our phones are on that same network. So we don't have, so they were going to the textbooks of whatever it is that they're working yeah. on to figure out how to fix this problem. So yeah, I can't imagine yeah. that every day. In my, I remember my parents would always talk about like when they'd go travel places, 
they would have to print out like uh maps okay so like paper maps that says turn yes. right at exit whatever yes. and now we just rip it in our phone and listen to siri tell us I, i've done that map quest you go to map quest you figure out where you're going you print out the map yes. isn't that insane my parents did that when we were going on vacation that's crazy and now it's just you know we have everything your in phone. our, our your, your car which yeah. is crazy car tells you where to go so as far as the business side of things go now how when you got started, how do and you started building a little bit of traction? How did you go about navigating clients, getting new clients, and kind of selling your services? What was that process like? Because I know when I started in the beginning, it's hard when nobody knows who you are. Yeah, and then you kind of just have to work around it. I know for me personally, I shot a lot of free videos right. and free projects, and I just wanted to get my name out there. Um, how did you go about navigating clients in the beginning? Yeah, I did a little bit of that. Um, where I built some websites for friends, mm-hmm. um, my church, um, different things like that for free. And it began to build a portfolio. Um, I sold websites for way too cheap for a while, like 250 bucks for a website, which I think everybody does at the beginning. Got to do it. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't done that, I don't know if you're, you have no idea how to price things right. at the beginning. That's the you one don't. thing you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to research that, but you also need to make sure you're providing value and understand what value you're providing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of that. Um, so I also, a few things happened and I switched jobs and it allowed me to build, I wasn't very connected. Like I mentioned, I was homeschooled. I didn't have a lot of high school connections and I didn't have a lot of connections in the community. Mm -hmm. And the job I switched to was actually an outside sales position for the paper, which was great. And like the minor daily. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So like, I don't know if people really should buy paper ads, but Evidently, there's a lot of people that still do. And so <laughs> you was, would know firsthand, right? Yeah. I was trying to sell them paper ads, but I'm mm. thinking you could buy a website. Yeah. Though, <laughs> like I'm doing this from a full-time job, but hear me out. Yeah. At 501, I will come back here exactly. and let's talk about websites. And maybe that happened a couple of times, yeah. but it helped me build a lot of good relationships in the community. And that was the piece that I needed at that point. Um, and so from there, I just kind of identified who I was working, for, wanted to work for. And that was the small businesses, which is very generic, mm-hmm. but in my night it works because we're such a small town. Um, and there's not these huge, I mean, there's some big companies here, but there's not huge corporations where it's like, you're not shooting for Microsoft's and Google's and Facebook's. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of five person team type deal up, mm-hmm. up to I mean, 25, 50, 99, you know, it goes up, but there's yeah. a lot of that small business entrepreneurship in my night. And so that was kind of the target. Um, and it worked. So you mentioned you didn't really have any connections at the beginning yeah. and you know, you started to get to know more people through your job at the mine daily. Talk to me about what do you think the importance of networking is in business? Uh, you know, I hate networking, but it's probably the number one important thing you yeah. need. You've you got hate the do. activity of networking. Yeah. I hate the activity mm-hmm. of networking. I hate putting myself out there, but it's probably the number one thing that a, a person should do, especially when they're starting out almost, almost more than your skill. It's mm-hmm. like one A and one B because it, it depends on where you're networking. So at that point I'm networking for business to get clients. Okay. But what about like you've done networking with other creatives because mm-hmm. that will help you produce results. You, you know, coding, you'll run into a problem. Well, if you had somebody that had five years of experience, it's not a problem yeah. if you have that network. So you need to create networks, whether you are within your business internal and external networks there you go and that's where yeah i know in the beginning when i started a lot like you i didn't really like going out there and introduce myself like oh i'm east and i do video that kind of thing so the way i got around that was to 
shoot those free ads. Gotcha. Because then I wouldn't directly have to go to them and introduce myself. I would yeah. just say, hey, I'll shoot a free video for you. Right. And no one ever says no to free. Nope. So then that was my way of networking. It might cost me more time and that kind of thing. But right. when I went in, I would be like, okay, I'll shoot this free video for you. Now we're friends, right? Yeah. Right. And then if if it if nothing came of it, whatever, I spent however long it took me to do the project and yeah. I have that connection now. Right. And it's and it's helped. Yeah, it's helped me down the road and it helped with portfolio pieces. But that's one thing I didn't go didn't know going into business is how important connections would be because they're literally like what's the saying? Your your network is your net worth. Gotcha. Right. And to an extent, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's it's the end all be all, but it, it's really important to have it's huge a good network. So, so after you did a free video for XYZ company, did you go to the next company and say, "Hey, we worked with XYZ company"? Yep, a couple times. Nice. So there was in like you, my first client was a uh, real estate brokerage. So brokers, yeah. no, not brokers twelve, um, elite real estate. Gotcha. So I knew Kurt Gus. Yep. He, I didn't really know him, but he was. Uh, friends with my uncle who owns a business. Yep. And I said, Hey, do you think they would let me shoot a free video? And he's like, Oh, you can let me know. So he gave me his number and I text him. I was like, Hey, I'll shoot a free video for you guys. This was in between years when I was going up and playing hockey in Canada. Okay. And I didn't do anything for him. And I think they gave me like a prepaid visa gift card. And nice. It wasn't for much, but yeah. you know, I didn't ask for it or anything. So very appreciative of them, but I was amped. I was yeah. like, someone just paid me to shoot right. this. <laughs> this is, this huge. is so crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I jump started into it. And then, you know, I moved to like a coffee shop. And then after that, I, I did a pro bono, like uh, a documentary for the Minot Vistas. Okay. And then that kind of opened up. I remember that. Yeah. That opened up a lot of doors for me because I got a job offer at a news station because of it. And wow. I got another job offer over here. And I was like, no, I'm just, I'm four months in. I'm not going to take any of these. Right. But just showing your work, I think, is super important for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit. What do you think some of your biggest successes are? Do you have any like holy grail moments where you're like, okay, let's go? You know, th th there's one random project that I got. I don't know how I got it, but it was kind of neat. Okay. There was a company out of Virginia, and they're a government contractor. Okay. And somehow they had connections to North Dakota in general. Hmm. And they hit me up and they're like, we really want to work with somebody out in North Dakota. I'm like, I'm your guy. <laughs> You're like I live here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so we worked with them and it's like one of those pieces in your portfolio where when somebody's like, Hey, send me some sites that you've worked on, which is the worst question. Yeah. But I'm able to send up that one and it's like this government contractor. So that's really neat. Yeah. I don't know if that's like one of my huge successes. I think for me, milestones in the journey have been getting my own office downtown. Like that yeah. was really neat. And it's, really cool feeling. And I remember when we, when I first met you, you were in an office down a little bit further from your other office. Yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. Cause obviously I didn't have an office at the time. Right. I still don't. I work out of a home studio, but, um, just going there, I was like, Oh, I want an office. And then you told me you're like, oh, I'm getting this office. And we walked through it and I was like, yeah. Oh, this is going to be sick. So right. yeah, that, that it's really neat feeling. Yeah. It's a really neat feeling. Um, and also this is, I was thinking about it when you were mentioning it earlier with elite, this is like a low level one, but it's one that never goes away. I think. And that's getting paid on a project. Yeah. There's nothing like going and doing something and not getting an hourly paycheck, yeah. but getting paid directly for that project. That's something that's a feeling that never goes away. And I don't know. No, it is really crazy. Even the first time when someone pays you for a service yeah. based on just show up, clock in, clock out. Right. Um, and that's one thing I never really liked working jobs. I think I had like two in my life. One was at the golf course. Okay. Like, that's cool. Uh, washing one? clubs at the country club. Okay. And then 
that was actually probably my only job. But <laughs> there you go. That's something where I knew I wanted to do some type of business where you can yep. charge a price depending on doesn't matter how much time it takes you. It's all value based. Right. Which is super cool. Like you said, for someone to pay you for that right yeah. away. Yeah. That's so neat. So th- those uh, probably the offices. I have a, a guy that works with me. Uh, he, I, he's a 1099 contractor. Mm-hmm. But he, he works with me a lot. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and then and then getting that con being able to actually close that deal with the government contractor. Yeah. That, that's pretty neat. So what did the process look like for that? Did you have to sell them on it or were they kind of on you right away? Like, okay, we're going to go with you. Or did they have a couple options and you had to present yourself? Yeah. So like, I don't know if they had other options, mm-hmm. but I, by, I mean, this is the internet. They might hear this, but <laughs> yeah. I, by default, like raised the price because I knew I wasn't going to mm-hmm. have a chance at my prices. The price I sold them at is now my standard price. So I didn't like go out of this world, yeah. but I knew I was so low. They wouldn't respect me. Yeah, which uh, is which is an important not to cut you off. You finish the story after, but it's important yeah. to know not all the low guy doesn't always win. Right? Have you have you experienced that at all? Yeah, I walked into a project once and I set a price and like, dude, you're gonna have to redo that because I won't go with you if you if it's that much. Yeah, I'm like, all right, and, and that's where no one wants to go with the high highest person. No yeah. one wants to go with the lowest person. You want to yeah. be somewhere in that. And if they do want to go with the lowest person, you should probably revisit them as a client because you'll probably have problems down the road. Exactly. Because, you know, that's one thing I noticed. If they're going with someone lower, they're, they would, re- the price matters more than the actual outcome and the yep. results they're They'll getting They'll never from. be happy. Correct. They'll never be happy. So, so I raised the price during the process. They were doing these like uh, conference calls and I don't know what service they used, but they used a conference call number that we all called into. And so then one day they're like, yeah, if you could just send out the number for us all. I'm like, dude, I don't got this. <laughs> yeah. But Google just rolled out a feature where you could set up like a Google meet and then you had to call a number and it worked as a conference call. Oh, number. Okay. So I was like, oh yeah, no problem. So I sent that out. Just little things like that along. So the, they, they were thinking it was a conference call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just little things like that all along the way. Um, there was probably four or five. There's more meetings. Typically our sales process is pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that one is a little bit longer and I was actually out of town some things happened. I was out of town on a trip and got a call from her and she's like, you're the one. I'm like, Oh wow. That's awesome. Is it a fist pump? Yeah, it was. We were in a, we were in a motel room and nobody else is in the room. So there was a fist pump. Yeah. There was probably a jump. Like that's so awesome. awesome. Though. Yeah. It was really neat. And at that point it was the highest website I ever mm. sold. It was just fantastic. I don't know why they went with me really, but <laughs> so did it, it obviously ended up working well, still a client. There you go. That's awesome. And that's, that's one thing when you start to raise your prices and the first time you send out a big like proposal, you're almost shitting yourself. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, why would they ever pay me this much right. money? Yeah. I, am I worth it? That kind of thing. And then like, yeah, good to go. Right. And then after that, it's like, well, shit, now I need to figure out how to do the thing for the price I just gave them. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. I think like something to watch for, I would go into a business. I tell my price, and like the next word would be like, all right, good to go. Yeah. I'm like, I'm way too low. Mm-hmm. There's no way I should be giving them this figure. If and they should, yeah, so fast. Yeah. They should have to talk with it about mm-hmm. it with someone. That's a key indicator that you're way low. If they're, if they're snapped, they're like, yeah, how do we sign up? Where's, right. where's the contract? Like, oh no. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we talked about your successes. Do you have any of like the biggest failures or regrets where you're like, I should have done that differently or, you know, big yeah. teaching points, lesson yeah. points. Probably like once a month, but <laughs> yeah. Um, 
one of them was it was early on and I went and my brother found this guy that needed a website on Bizman. Okay. And this one I still feel bad about to this day. And it, we're bringing up we're bringing up past trauma here. Yeah, it's it's sad. I'm a nice guy. I like my clients to be happy with me. Um, well, I try to be nice guys. Some people probably feel differently, but <laughs> I, I had, it was above my head. Okay. It was way above my head. Like the project as a whole. Yeah. Okay. It was probably like in reality, it was probably a minimum of a $20,000 project. Really? And I'm trying to get into this. Yeah. And, um, so what I did is I reached out. I'm like, I, I knew I couldn't do it myself. So I reached out, got a subcontractor that would help work on it. Mm-hmm. And it was an established company. We were trying to do it on a budget, which I don't even know that the guy cared. Yeah. But we were just trying to do it on a budget because nobody wants to spend money was my thinking, my philosophy. It was yeah. an incorrect thinking. And and so basically the subcontractor, it got to a point where they're like, we can't complete the project as is. And now we're money invested in basically... You know, so the subcontractor said, we're not, we're done. We're not doing it. Yeah. We can't do it. We can't like halfway through. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so then, then I would have been, sh- been shitting like, oh. and there's money already invested. Did you have to pay them then the subcontractor or did they waive yeah, it? Yeah. It was a, no, it was a deal of you like basically we're getting, because the project was so, it wasn't vague, but it was such a big project. We were getting invoiced weekly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like, 750 to a thousand dollars a week oh, we're God. a few weeks into this there was at least i want to say there was four five thousand dollars invested Whew. and so yeah that was a bad moment i had to go to the client the client actually was not happy <laughs> yeah I, I believe it yeah and and so then go back to the subcontractor i'm in the middle and i'm responsible to the client and at that moment you want to be like i'm no dude you have to understand i had a subcontractor and yeah. he knew he knew that we did but, but like you want to go after money. I don't got money. You got yeah. to go after him. I have it, nothing to give you. Attorneys got involved. Really? On their side. And when it was all said and done, they finally gave us some money back and I coughed up some money and the So client, the subcontractor gave you money back? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Not enough. But I'm like, Hey, I'll give some money. If you guys give some money and we can kind yeah. of make this go away. Mm-hmm. And they finally did it. They claim it was the only time that that ever happened to them. I actually, in a weird turn of events, I ran into the guy. He started another business, which was, which is a good business. I would shout him out if it felt it was applicable. And, and we ran into each other and we connected like a year ago and I'm like, yeah, man, that was a bad deal. Wasn't it? He's like, it was the only time we ever had to refund money. I'm like, Hmm. Interesting. This was the subcontractor guy or the, the actual client. Yeah. The subcontractor. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So yeah, it was a bad deal. Uh, that one was a learning experience. I think the things that you learn from that is one, pricing matters, yeah. and it's not always the lowest price. It goes back to that principle. Yeah, it's not always the lowest price. It's all about the value that you're providing and the price that can get it done, and that can get it done right. And then two, my biggest takeaway from it was there's nothing wrong with using subcontractors, but make sure you're not out of your league when you do it. Because okay. if you don't fully understand the project, which I now I could pull it off. Mm-hmm. It's not even pulling it off. Now we could get it done. But at the time it was way over my head and it was too far above me. And so there's some projects you don't want because 
yeah, there's probably someone out there to do it. You could probably coordinate it. But I think that if it's too far above you, then you could mess it all up. So I don't know if you can give me this information, but what was the part that was out of your league? Was it just too much work? Was it just, yeah, you didn't have the skills at the time. I didn't have the skills at the time. So it was a heavy development project, like a heavy, heavy, heavy development project. It wasn't just integrations. It was development. And at the time I wasn't, I, I mean, I wasn't a good developer. Yeah. And so that's basically it. So I didn't know exactly everything that went into it. Really, I was still way too naive. Okay. Just with it in general. Yeah. And, and how how far was this into you starting your business? I mean, it was less, probably a year. A year, like yeah. It wasn't very that's long. A short, that's yeah. a short time frame. Right. It, it wasn't very long. In those early days, you always think you can conquer the world too. <laughs> that's where things like, there's a couple jobs when I started early is like, yeah, I can do this. I can shoot a Super Bowl ad for you. Right. And yeah. then it's like, I go look at the video. I'm like, I can't do that yet. Hey, I don't know. Coin bases where it's just a QR code. Yeah, I can, I, do can I can do that for sure. I don't even have to leave my leave my computer to do that. Yeah. But um, yeah, you and that's one thing I always say is you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then obviously you learn it eventually. But if you don't know, you don't know yeah, that you're not going to be able to accomplish that. That's fair. Um, Don't live in fear. Exactly. Pivoting a little bit. Do you have any, so when you're designing websites and that kind of thing, do you have any, like, how do you get your inspiration? Do you go to different websites and kind of see what they're doing? Or do you just kind of sit down and write things and brainstorm? Yeah. So, so first off, we, we have what we call a marketing automation kit. And in that we have a very specific layout that we use for the website. It's Mm. not completely inspired by StoryBrand, but um, we have a very specific layout. It's similar to that. Perhaps. Yeah. Same, some of the same principles. Okay. Um, so, but understand that when like, I, I hate the word template and theme because that mm-hmm. people don't understand what that means really. Yeah. Um, so th- all that is, is a wireframe. So then there's the, what you're talking about. How do you actually design it? Okay. Um, so our process on that is first off trying to get a feel for what the customer's looking for because mm-hmm. it's so wide open. Which and goes back to the KPIs. It, yeah, it does. It does go back to the KPIs. We have an intake form. They have to give us at least a couple websites of their competitors so we can start to understand their business a little bit. And then a little bit of just direction of websites that they kind of like. It can be ESPN.com. I don't care. It yeah. doesn't. I just need to know kind of a general feel. Um, and then we try to create something that's on brand to incorporate their brand so that that feeling can be portrayed. With their colors and fonts and their style and all that kind of thing? Yeah, or is yeah, it more with, with the with the that side of the brand? Um, also, like there's one where we got into their core values a lot okay. and stuff like that. And I think there's things that you can do that that affect uh, how the core values and stuff like that's perceived, how the company feels. So, and a really good example is is this: we were working with my church. Those are always the hardest ones when it's like personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we created a brand for the church and then we went and created a website and what happened was the interior of the church was completely different than what was on the website. Okay. Oh, okay. So you can have your pictures where you have whatever of the church service or whatever, but when somebody visited the website and when they visited the church, it was two separate things, two different experiences, hundred percent. And so we were like, all right, fine. We're just going to adjust the website. We like our brand better than that. Yeah. But we're going to adjust the website because we want it to be cohesive. When somebody visits our website, we want it to feel the same way. The experience, the same yes. thing as when they experience the church. And so that's a really good example of a website portraying the brand. It goes, it does matter the colors and stuff like that, but it goes beyond that. It's more the experience of is everything cohesive? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're working with an oil company, do you really need something that is, 
that is about flash and all this pop and stuff like that, which really you don't need at all on a website, but people mm -hmm. want like, no, you don't because that's not their brand per se. Whereas if you're working with the putt district downtown, I mean, this can be a different experience. It needs to be a little bit more flashy. Yeah. Uh, so this is one thing that I came across when I was starting my business and maybe I want to hear your experience too. When you were first having those client meetings, those preliminary ones, discovery meetings, yes. I call them. In the beginning, I was never asking any questions or not nearly as many as I needed to. Did you kind of see that when you were starting to that yeah. you needed to ask more questions? Yeah. Yeah. You're like so focused on like, you don't want to take up. Well, I was so focused on, I don't want to take up too much of their time. Mm -hmm. As And then as soon as I said, we'll do it, it's like you're out when like that's, you for sure really need to dig in at that yeah. moment. And you're like, dude, we got to do it. All right, we'll see you. Don't, don't back out now. Right. And that's where I tried to ask the least amount of questions just so I could get them to say yes. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, okay, I can do whatever you want. If you want that. Sure. If you Done. want a flying pig flying, sure. We can yep. shoot it. We'll figure it out. Right. But once, yeah, once I started to realize the more questions you ask, you have to see if you're a fit for that company. Yep. Because when I was starting, I would take every job. And now when I start, the more questions you ask, the more information you reveal that, oh, maybe I don't want to take on this client or maybe, you know, it doesn't align with my core values, that kind of thing. So, right. You've, you found that a little bit too. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Discovery is so important. I really wish that people were open to longer discovery and maybe that's part of sales and maybe I need to adapt more, mm -hmm. but I, I think that three or four meetings of discovery would be helpful, but people don't want to commit to that. And s some companies have it where it's required. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you do. Um, but well, we, how many meetings do you currently do? So typically we have a couple of those afterwards, but mm -hmm. we have at least one to two and there's certain things that we go over in those meetings to make sure that we have that information. Okay. So, so how I start is when I meet with a client, the first meeting is pretty brief. The first meeting is right. all about getting to the number because if we go back and forth and bullshit on, we could do this strategy or we can create this video and then there can be this call to action. And then at the end, they throw out a budget of something that's way lower that we can't do. Then we just waste it all this time. So, you know, I'm a big advocate of bringing up money early saying, yep. okay, we can do your project. Let's just get it out on the table right away. How much money are you guys putting towards this? Right. And a lot of times, you know, clients battle with, they don't want to give you their budget, which is fine. Yep. And times like that, I'll cut the meeting short and say, okay, I know the general idea of your video. I'll go back and I'll give you, usually I do three options. So let's say first option is a lower tier one base, just me coming to shoot the video, minimal pre-production, yeah. post-production, right? Second one is, okay, now I'm going to have one guy with me. I'm going to come in. We're going to shoot. We'll do a little bit more pre-production, kind of give you a couple more deliverables at the end. And then the other one is the Hollywood movie, yeah. right? That's for people that don't want to give me their budget. Right. But I'm a big advocate of getting the number early just so mm -hmm. we don't have to waste time. And then the second meeting is really when we go in and go, okay, what's your call to action? Yeah. What is, if this video gets watched 10,000 times, you get 10,000 sales, how much money are you making off it? That kind of thing. Yeah. We're a lot, we're a lot the same. Okay. Ours is a little bit different in that we have to figure out if there's what custom integrations, what features and stuff like that, because that can expand out a ton of dev time, which yeah. you're, you're, you're the same a little bit. It depends on what type of video they're wanting to shoot. But once we have that, then we're able to put together and we have probably an initial meeting that's going to be like 10 to 15 minutes long, which is just going to be getting to know each other, learning yeah. about the project, trying to get that budget number. And then we're going to have a little bit longer meeting that's going to be about 45 minutes long, 30 to 45 minutes long. That's going to begin to dive in a little bit deeper. A strategy meeting. Yep. And, and we'll present numbers unless if there's something that new that came up and okay. that would derail that. Cool. Yeah, no, I think that's, I'm a big advocate of 
that's one thing, you know, if I had to give advice to someone that's just starting businesses, ask as many questions as you can. Yeah. The people aren't going to get annoyed because it's their business. They want it to be successful. Right. The more questions you ask, the more. And it's and it kind of looks a little shoddy and unprofessional if you're then sending a text or email after that, like, oh, I forgot to ask you, uh, who does this or who, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. So it's better to left no stone unturned rather than, okay, I need to meet with you again because I didn't ask enough questions. Yeah, you're, you're 100%. And really, if you get good at asking questions, it will position you as the expert rather than correct you think you'll position you as a noob but mm-hmm. it doesn't it positions you as the expert if someone goes in there and asks four questions and they're out of there in eight minutes that's yeah. kind of when so people are like does he really know what exactly, he's doing exactly if you're going in everything's compared to the doctor's office right yeah so if you're going to the doctor you, they ask a lot of questions a thousand questions yeah and there's a reason why they do yeah so just a couple more questions here for you. If you had to give a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice to someone that's just starting a business and just getting into the industry, not specifically, you know, the web industry or marketing industry, but just any business in general, what would be your advice to these people? Yeah. Uh, go to my website.com. <laughs> just kidding. I think the first Come thing- talk to me and I'll let you, I'll figure it out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing is we already talked about it but build a network mm-hmm. and that network is there, whether you need probably one on a personal side and then people that are in your industry and then obviously clients, but, but you need support. It's so hard going and building a business by yourself. There's so many ups and downs yep. and you need support. Make sure you have that support. So that way when it's rough, you keep going and you get through it. I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice that somebody can have. Um, Beyond that, I mean, it's a fun ride, man. It's going to take you places you don't even know. You got to so go with the ebbs the and flows too. Yeah. And something that I've been going through lately, I've been told this by my dad a lot lately, is don't worry about the outcome. Mm-hmm. We get so fixated on the outcome. So if Mark Zuckerberg's trying to be the billion dollar company, it never would have happened at Facebook, but he never was worried about that. He was just trying to create something. The best product he could. Best product he could. And that's what you need to do. And if you do that, you'll enjoy the ride a lot more. I like that advice. Create the best product you can because then if you do, the money will come later. Exactly. That's one thing about video. You know, I dump a lot of a lot more resources into some videos than are originally in the budget, but it makes yeah. the video so much better, which in turn brings you more clients. Right. Um, last question I got for you. What is the North Star? North Star Star. Look at that little <laughs> little connection there. Uh, what is your, you know, is there anything you're really striving for, a big goal you're shooting for? What can gotcha. people expect? What are you what are you going for? Yeah. So, so the, I was just having a conversation about this earlier today. What are we trying to do as a company? You know, we're, as a company, we're in this transitional period because we've, we, I've read something, sorry, I'll take a step back. I read something recently in sales. The strategies that you uh, use to get to 50K are different than the strategies you'll use to get to 200K, which are different than the strategies you'll use to get to a million. Okay? I like that. So we're in a transitional period we're, we're adjusting our strategies. We've helped really helped small businesses be able to build online presences, but we're trying to, I think there's like three things we're working on. One offering better, more complete marketing services to our clients. Okay. So we want to be, we are a one-stop shop and we want to advertise that way. We don't want to be known as a website design company at mm-hmm. all. That's gone. Cause you want to do more of the marketing and some of the social media stuff. Cause I was looking at your website before you came in for this podcast, do a little bit of research and you obviously have a few different routes that you guys go down. Right. Yep. hundred percent. And it, it, when it all flows together, it creates a better product, of course. Um, two, 
there's something that we've been really looking into because we see it as a need and that is helping companies, those larger, small companies to mid-sized companies build out training platforms. Okay. So go and build the platform, do what you do better than I do and what we'll, then we'll ever do because we're not trying to do the same thing, build basic training videos for a course type deal. So then, uh, rather than having, I mean, these companies are spending a lot of money on a training dude that has to go in there and physically yeah. train these people. And he gets like a salary or, you know, one-time fee if it's someone they bring in from outside. If, yeah. Depending on what it is. And, and a lot of them is group training. That's just stuff that we're required that our employees go through this. It's not hands-on yep. training where it's actually needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go and save companies money that way. And then the third thing, we have three paths and one of them is, well, we're doing a little bit of both, but the, that, that's one of the main ones. We're thinking about starting another product that is going to help churches. We have a marketing automation platform. So like text message, email marketing, uh, book, uh, booking appointments all through one platform. Okay. And so we're going to tie this in and try to create really a, an affordable solution for churches to be able to market online. So that's sweet. Yeah. Those are the good for you, man. That's awesome. Main things that we're working on. Well, cool. Awesome. So that's what, uh, that's what Jonathan Starr will be working on. Thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. It's been a blast. Yeah. It's a really good conversation. If you guys enjoyed this, you know, hit a like, hit a like, hit the like button, hit subscribe. Uh, Jonathan, where can they find you on the internet? We are at star with a double R S T A R R web marketing.com. Perfect. Well, Jonathan Starr from star web marketing. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for watching and we will see you guys in the next episode. Sounds good.